0: Good morning and welcome to Inside Maine, and today we're talking about outside Maine. We're talking about recreation and hiking and fishing and all the great things that you can do in Maine in the summer and in the winter, but there'll be a little bit of emphasis on summer since that's where we are now. And our first guest is Carol Ann Willett, who is the executive director of a wonderful organization called Maine Huts and Trails. And if you haven't discovered Maine Hudson Trails. It's really fantastic uh, in the Western Mountains. So, uh, welcome, greetings, congratulations on joining Maine Hudson and Trails, and tell us what it's all about.
1: Well, thank you so much, and good morning, Senator Kang. This is a really exciting opportunity, and as you mentioned, a fantastic organization. Um, I'm thrilled to be part of it. And actually, this is such great timing because we're about to go into our full service summer seasons. And, you know, summer in Maine, particularly inland, is just fantastic. It's a great way to get off the beaten path, um, particularly at Maine Hudson Trails. It's a really super way to unplug and disconnect from the day to day grind. We operate four uh, backcountry eco lodges and are maintaining about 80 miles of trails right now. Um, hopefully, at some point in in the future, 12 huts and 180 miles of trails, but yet to be completely developed. Tell
0: me about the trails, and, and uh, are they manageable for—are uh, there some that aren't too challenging, some that are more challenging, and what are the, what's the distance between the huts? And give, give me some of that. Sure.
1: The trails are really uh, designed to be available and open to people of all ages and abilities, and that was intentional. Um, they are open to the public. There's no fee to use the trails, and um, there's generally, there's access points that bring you closer to huts, say, a mile to two and a half miles. But if you're going from hut to hut, you're usually uh, have anywhere from about six to nine miles between the huts. And there's all kinds of ways from the people-powered way to explore. Uh, you know, certainly hiking is one of the top pieces. And you can make that hike as extreme as you like because we connect more broadly. You can connect to the AT. You can connect into the Bigelow Range and hike up to some of the peaks. But mountain biking has become one of the really big pieces in the valley, and that's through some great partnerships with the town and the local mountain biking club and Sugarloaf. So there's not only our trail network, but then it connects to their trail network, so it really extends the opportunity. Um, You can even paddle. So paddling from Flagstaff Lake Hut to Grand Falls Hut, you can canoe the Dead River. um, And then so you've got the mix of the hiking, biking, and paddling. So So it really is what you like to make. Of
0: it. And and to orient us geographically, we're really talking now the first stage, uh, the 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 first eighty miles, if you will, is essentially Carabasset Valley over to the Forks, over to to uh, uh, across the, over to the Kennebec. Uh, that's exactly. that's the general Flagstaff Lake, Bigelow, uh, Carabasset Valley. And if somebody wants to uh, do this, where do they go? I mean, I, as I recall, you have on your sort of headquarters is is just right there in Kingfield, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Um, We are right in Kingfield uh, and the four hut, Stratton Brook Hut, is actually kind of subalpine. It overlooks Sugarloaf Mountain. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Flagstaff Lake Hut right on the lake. Grand Falls is uh, right past the falls on the Dead River. And we work with Northern Outdoors to do a hike and raft package over in the Forks. And then um, Poplar Stream Hut, which was our first hut right near a beautiful waterfall on Penobscot Indian Nation land. And uh, that will celebrate its 10th anniversary. But our office is in Kingfield. MainHuts.org uh, certainly is a great place to start for um, learning about what to do and how to plan your trip. And then uh, most people call directly to our office and talk to one of our adventure travel consultants to work through what that looks like. And, so, and, and just to be clear, um, this is a this is yeah. a
0: nonprofit. This is the the trails are open for free, and then we'll talk about the huts for a minute. But it, it's essentially it's a nonprofit organization.
1: It is. I mean, really, the idea of the mission was to create and operate a world-class system of backcountry trails and eco-lodges, again, people-powered, um, but really to help uh, enhance the economy and the communities and the environment of Western uh, of Maine's Western Mountains region um, and looking at this as a long-term endeavor so that's kind of current and future generations. And the environmental stewardship piece and creating um, a conservation ethic is very important to us. We work with youth groups um, throughout the year in educating them on um, sustainability and uh, green energy systems and things in the outdoors and Nature and, and how the landscape is is all about us, and why it's so important to protect it.
0: Now, now so, tell, yeah. t- tell us about the tell me about the huts themselves. How many people can stay, and how does it work? And you make reservations, and how much does it cost? All of that.
1: You do. So the huts, um, hut we often think is a bit of a misnomer. They were um, wonderfully designed by an architect, John Orchid, who's also a local artist and photographer. And um, they're quite, uh, they're kind of backcountry. Um, a little more than the standard hut. So uh, beautiful lodges that have are fully heated um, commercial kitchens. So in full service, we're serving you three meals a day, all locally sourced, um, wonderfully designed recipes by our team here. And, uh, Microbrews, so we serve beer and wine during the full service season, and the huts are all off the grid, so we're energy um, not energy dependent on the grid. We have everything from hydro to uh, solar and um, wood heating systems, radiant floor, ra- radiant heated floors. So it's it's. Um, pretty remarkable set of buildings most of them sleep anywhere from 34 to 44 uh, they are shared bunk rooms although you can reserve a private bunk and prices vary depending upon season so mm-hmm. winter is kind of our high season and then the um, summer and then the self-service seasons are much more reasonable where you're bringing all your own food
0: so and, winter's um, the high season that's that's you don't hear that all that often about main recreational <laughs> <in Maine>. opportunities <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's great. True.
1: Yeah, it is, and um, I think that holds true for the Carabasset Valley region, certainly with Sugarloaf as a, as a big anchor for us. Um, and we're seeing, though, quite a bit of jump into the summer season, so we're starting to equalize that some, which is very exciting for
0: us. Now, Car- Carol Ann, you were the director of Maine Office of Tourism. Um, do you- Talk to me about... How we get more people, particularly into the in internal of internal Maine, central Maine, western, northern, uh, the coast. Of course, is iconic. Everybody's heard of it. People have been going there for hundreds of years. Um, uh, but you're, we're talking about a part of Maine that's that's undiscovered, at least by many out of state visitors, and yet it's a fantastic resource.
1: Oh, it's just it's it is just an amazing uh, space, and it's one that I've been particularly Passionate about for years having, I live in Jackman, quite honestly, but you know, this high peaks region where we are with the eight plus peaks over 4,000 feet, and then you look at now what's happening with Katahdin Woods and Waters, and I know you'll be speaking to Lindsay. There's just a, it's a dramatic landscape through this whole area, very unique in its expanse of really undeveloped, spectacular wooded landscape with lakes and rivers and everything that comes with a wonderful inland experience, and and really it just goes to telling the story and getting the word out, and it, because there is a smaller population base here, it's the mix of, you know, the infrastructure build out, and I know that's been. Um, what a lot of destinations in the inland regions are working on, particularly around the Moosehead Lake region and the Millinocket region.
0: And Rangeley. Don't forget Rangeley.
1: No, no, no. Actually, I was going to say, and Rangeley's doing quite a bit, and that's one place we're looking to connect to. I mean, even right here in the Valley with the whole um, partnership around the Carabassa Valley Trails infrastructure development. So it is... It is part of the, you know, getting product and also getting the word out.
0: Well, I think getting the word out. Mary and I took an RV trip last last fall, uh, three or four days, five days. We started in Rangeley, uh, and Rangeley is just hopping in the summer. I mean, the restaurants and there were music festivals and, you know, all of course all the, the, the fishing and, and all, of, all of that in the region, but it was, it was really fantastic. I mean, to go up... Uh, through Roxbury, and you end up at height of land up near rangeley oh, and uh, uh, just absolutely spectacular place and we we climbed uh, well I think there 's a bald mountain probably in every town in maine, but there 's a bald mountain <laughs> up there that I we climbed so. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was just a, a great spot, and then Quill Hill have you been to Quill Hill?
1: I have not personally been to Oh, Curl you've Hill, got to go
0: up there. That's on the. I that's, hear it. If you go the back way from Rangeley to Stratton, I think it's Route 16. Route Quil, 16. Quill yeah. Quil Hill is off of it. It's a private enterprise where I think Adrian Brochu has cut a road and and the top of the mountain. You have a 180 degrees view of of the whole Rangeley uh, Lake region. It's it's one of the most beautiful places I've seen in Maine and. It's an easy, uh, you know, stop right off off the road, and then we came down and and uh, and, and uh, lived in the RV at the parking lot in Sugarloaf for a couple of days, and and hiked over. Oh my God! I think we were probably on some of your trails. We we were over on the uh, uh, next to the uh, next to the Carabasset. but uh, it's just a great area, and, and uh, we need to we need to get people up there.
1: It is, and and you know, you mentioned the fishing. You think of the history and heritage of the Rangeley Lakes region from you know. Fly Rod Crosby all the way through to what it is today and, um, you know, the, the wild brook trout that's throughout this area. And it's just, it is a remarkable opportunity to, to really explore, as you say, a, a place that's completely off the beaten path and, and has some stunning scenery and well, really
0: wonderful activities. You talked about wanting to attract people. Is it working? Are people coming? Are they staying in the huts and hiking the trails?
1: They are. I mean, we've seen some great growth over the last couple of years and um, the Maine Lakes and Mountains region more broadly, inland Maine, you know, even from my time at the Office of Tourism has seen um, incremental growth over the last few years, which is really a positive sign. Um, but, you know, it's it's fun things. It's a lot of event-driven stuff, too. So we've we've got some great events that we do here and just the region itself. Um But, you know, working on things like we've got Brews and Views beer pairing dinners, um, the Backwoods Duathlon with Baxter Outdoors, Um, Sugarloaf is having their second annual mountain bike festival. Actually, I want to say it's their third. I'll have to check on that. But, you know, this weekend is uh, Kingfield Pops, which is a lot of fun. So there's always this mix of food and arts and outdoors, and I think that's – that's what makes the area unique and what makes Maine unique too um, in so many instances is the wonderful combination but uh, yeah it's it's you know one of the things we started doing that that uh, is the hut to hut kind of mountain biking gear supported, so we do gear shuttles, so if you really want to go out there and go oh. crazy and not have to worry about packing in all your own,
0: oh, what a great idea so but, you can you know, bike and your pack and everything magically shows up at the other it, end,
1: yeah, which is a great opportunity to just get out there and you know hit some of the loops and then be able to go hut to hut very easily, so. Um that's, a, that's certainly a nice option for folks. And we do it in the winter, too, so you don't have to pack in all your stuff when you're skiing or snowshoeing. In well, too.
0: in thinking about Maine tourism, I've always thought of it in terms of the necessity of expanding our seasons and our geography. Because Absolutely. we have a lot of infrastructure. For example, Sugarloaf has, you know... I don't know how many thousand bedrooms, but they're used 12 weeks a year. And the yeah. question is, how do we fill them up other times? We've got great restaurants, and, and uh, the same thing goes with uh, regions like Kingfield and, and, and Rangeley, is how do we take advantage of the infrastructure that, we've ha- that we already have and get people up there at, at different times of the year?
1: And I think a lot of it has been forming great partnerships. You know, that's why I keep turning to the partnership we have here. But I, I see that happening across the landscape more, too, where, you know, you just you can't do it by yourself. So working with your community uh, in a more collaborative approach to figuring out what you've got and how you're going to get people there and, and how that works seems to help considerably. So I I even all the way out to the Bold Coast, looking at the Bold Coast group, um, many organizations have formed around scenic byways. So we've got the High Peak Scenic Byway here. The loop you just described, actually, that's all scenic byway. Rangeley is a national one all the way through there. Bold Coast is a national, uh, to be a national scenic byway. Um, Katahdin Woods and Waters, a lot of that, you know, initial on the on the ground group, exclusive of what Lucas is doing, started around the consideration of a byway. So I think bringing those groups together has made such a difference because you're pooling resources and it helps um, showcase the inland region the, the, in, a, in the, a much more aggressive way.
0: The formula is partnership. Perseverance and Passion. Oh, I love
1: that. That's, That's great. That will thank make you. it
0: work. The three Ps, Partnership, Passion, and Perseverance. And you're you're uh, you're demonstrating it, Carol Ann. Well, it's great to have a chance to talk to you, and uh, I'll see you uh, at one of the huts, you know, who knows, summer, fall, or winter. Uh, thanks for what you're doing, and keep in touch, will you?
1: Well, thank you so much, Senator King, and thank you for all that you're doing as well, and we will keep in touch. Have a wonderful summer.
0: Thanks. Bye-bye. I want to thank Carol Ann Willett for being with us, talking about Maine Hudson Trails and the fantastic region that they're in over toward, uh, from Carabasset Valley over across the mountains into the, into the forks and on the, uh, on the Kennebec. And now we're going to talk about another region up in the Katahdin region. And uh, with me to, to talk about this is somebody who's actually living at Lindsay Downing, who uh, She and her husband, Mike, own and operate Mount Chase Lodge in Shin Pond. Uh, and it's an all-season sporting camp, one of these great, classic, iconic Maine sporting camps. Lindsay was actually raised at the lodge. She took it over from her parents. Uh, and uh, her her husband, Mike, is a flatlander. He's from Gorham, but uh, we've let him uh, go up to Shin Pond. Lindsay, great to have you with us.
2: Thank you very much. We I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you.
0: Well, tell me if, first, orient us geographically, where are you? Uh, are you are you technically in the town of Patton?
2: Technically, we are in the town of Patton. Well, um, the town of Mount Chase is sort of a is sort of an extension of Patton. We have our own uh, developed town of Mount Chase, but we don't have our own zip code, so it's it's one of those kind of weird main rules. But
0: um, but again, or, now now for our listeners in Portland or Boston or wherever, where orient Patton for us.
2: So Patton, if you're driving north on I-95 in Maine, we're located about two hours north of Bangor. Uh, And we're only two left turns off the interstate, so we're pretty easy to find. Um, Get off exit 264, which is, again, it's 18 miles north of the Millinocket exit. Uh, And then you take a left on 264 and you head 10 miles into Patton from there. And then Mount Chase Lodge is located another 10 miles outside of Patton on Route
0: 159. So so basically, it's what what has come to be called the Katahdin region, Millinocket, north of Bangor. in in that region, uh, Millinocket Lake, Mount Katahdin, Baxter State Park, and now uh, Katahdin Woods and Waters National Monument.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And is that a big deal for you? Is the monument uh, an important part of what you see the future of your business?
2: Absolutely, I do. Um, The monument so far, in just the, the short time that it has been designated, uh, has given the region a lot of publicity, uh, be it good or bad. That for us, there is no bad publicity, because the more people that hear about the Katahdin region, the better. Um, and it definitely it gives people another thing to come see whether here. You know, we, uh, we have a lot of recreational opportunities, and we always have, but having that uh, national park brand, um, to help draw attention to our region has been huge, and we've already seen a big increase in business and travelers that are coming up here. Um, and maybe those folks that used to come up but but never before had the opportunity uh, to see Katahdin Woods and Waters like they do now. So, Well, that's, um, I was
0: going to ask you, so you've actually uh, seen an increase in business and in, in people, yes. people coming oh, in, reservations, bookings for this summer, and that kind for of sure.
2: thing. For sure. Yeah, we, we have definitely seen an increase.
0: Yep. Now, as as you may know, the the secretary of the Interior was was up there a couple of weeks ago. Were you in any of the meetings with him? He
2: was. Yeah, I had the opportunity to eat dinner with him at a picnic table at Lungsus. Uh and it was very informal and and very nice. You know, he was a he was a very personable person and and reasonable, uh, and he wanted to hear all about our story and about other people who would come to meet him too. He he genuine, genuinely genuinely. Seem to have a heart for
0: the area. I'm guessing that's the first time a, a cabinet member of the president of the United States has ever been to Luxus. Do you do you are guessing that?
2: <laughs> well, Sally Jewell was there last year. <laughs> well, see, there
0: you go. I, I blew it. Uh, so we've <laughs> had we've had two secretaries of the interior. I think-
2: Honestly, I think there have actually been three, but I don't know if they've been to Lunks. I I know uh, the one prior to Sally Jewell also visited the Millinocket region. Um,
0: well, of course, as, one of the really cool things about the region is that Teddy Roosevelt was there.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a, so much history. Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, Thoreau. I mean, there's just so much going on up here, and, and lots of iconic people have have uh, written and, and spoke about
0: this area. Well, I had the uh, we had the Secretary of the Interior before our Energy and Natural Resources Committee earlier this week. I saw that, and uh, I asked him about uh, the monument, and and thanked him for making that trip. I mean, I I I, I uh, when he was in his confirmation hearings, I said, "Will you come to Maine?" And he said, "Yes," and he did. And awesome. I I like yeah. it when people keep their commitments. And he came up, spent a couple of days, and and he said, um, "You're going to be enthusiastic about my recommendations for Katahdin Woods and Waters," and uh, so we I certainly well, hope I that's certainly the case. I certainly hope so.
2: I wish we didn't have to wait till August, but we will yeah. we'll just go on go on and hopefully hear the good news in August.
0: Well, tell me more about what about. Mount Chase Lodge and the kind of history of these sporting camps in Maine? Yeah,
2: so Maine, as, as you may or may not know, uh, has a deep history of sporting camps. Um, and what that meant in, uh, you know, the, the 60s and 70s was they were sort of shaped to host hunters and fishermen uh, and then they kind of evolved into, like, families so that they could be open year-round so that, you know, in the summertime families would come up and, and do their vacationing thing. And in the fall it sort of filtered into hunting um, and spring was fishing. A lot of them were closed down in the winter. Um, and that's that's true to some extent now. There are many sporting camps in Maine that are not operational in the winter. But, but you're, we,
0: you're, you're open year-round.
2: We are, yep. We're very fortunate that, um, you know, back in the early early eighties um, our area developed a snowmobile club and we were able to connect snowmobile trails um, with with other parts of the state which has opened up a lot of doors and opportunities um, for many businesses to be to, to thrive in the winter months and so so if I,
0: if I come to Mount Chase Lodge in the winter I'm liable to find as more snowmobiles in the parking lot than cars right <laughs>
2: More likely than not, yes. We do like to host skiers as well. We, get, we try to get as many skiing groups as we can, uh, and we do have lots of skiing opportunities up here. Um, in back, A lot of people ski through Baxter State Park on a multi-day trip in the wintertime, and then we also have groomed ski trails now on the National Monument, which are great for families. They're groomed. They're very easy for beginners, um, and you can get in the monument without, without feeling like you're committed to be there for too long. Um, so well,
0: it's, certainly it's really Baxter wonderful. State Park and Katahdin are a big, a big part of the region too. I mean, that's yeah, Katahdin sure. is the is the is the, the is the point. magnet. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So the wintertime, we're we're actually, you know, I think we host more people on any given weekend in the winter because it's such a short season and people want to come when the conditions are good. Um, so we're we're full blown full-blown into winter business around here and, and all of our surrounding neighboring businesses are as well.
0: Now, do people uh, do people come and stay at places like Mount Chase Lodge and do day trips into Baxter? Is that part of what, what happens? Yes,
2: absolutely. Um, there are so many. So we're on the northern entrance of Baxter. Um, Millinocket would be the southern entrance. We're, we're right at the northern entrance. We're about 16 miles from the north gate at Matagamon. Um, and it, what's unique about Baxter is that Uh, well, it's it's a very unique area in general, but because Katahdin is located closer to the southern entrance, the northern entrance doesn't get the traffic that the southern entrance does. So we're not quite as packed busy. Our campgrounds up here aren't, you know, you might be able to just pull in and and get a site on a Friday afternoon. Um, But as the summer goes on, it does get busier. But South Branch Pond um, is just 26 miles from us here in at Mount Chase and um, South Branch is a great location for families. Uh, you know, there are two ponds there. They rent canoes and kayaks. You can get your kids out in the water. You can they can swim. The water is ice cold because uh, it's all spring-fed. Well, that's set. that's a surprise
0: for yeah. Maine. I don't, I know, we don't I want to, know. I don't know if we want to tell the people from New Jersey that the water's cold. We'll, yeah. Well, (laughs)
2: sometimes it feels good when it's real hot out. But there are so many different opportunities at South Branch, which makes it great for families. There's short hikes. There's long hikes. Uh, There is the North Traveler Loop, which is a fairly new uh, trail within the past 10 years anyway that is an 11-mile loop, and it summits It summits three different mountains. Um, Most of the hike is above Treeline, and it is just an incredible, incredible hike, and you get such great views of Mount Katahdin. And the great part about that hike is while it's, I think it's equivalent to the mileage and the uh, strenuous nature of Mount Katahdin, there aren't the people, so you can be up there and feel completely alone. Whereas on Mount Katahdin, there are so many people. A lot of times, you have to stand in line just to get your picture taken at the well, at well, the
0: sign. Well, you, you've you've you literally grew up there. You're you're now you've now taken over the lodge. Do you think people are starting to learn about Inland Maine? Is is it are we oh are we gaining on this? Especially
2: in the last five years or so. Yep. Yeah. There's there's more of a more and more of a disconnect. I think. You know, for people living and working so much, um, that that wilderness and and woods is not something that often is second nature to people that are living and working in the cities. And so, you know, they're they're seeking out these experiences where they can be in the woods and they can see a moose and they can feel alone and empowered. And and uh, you know, the Katahdin region has you know the national monument being all over the news. We've we've definitely had a lot of. Publicity lately, and uh, and people are starting to realize that that this is a really interesting place to visit.
0: Well, the 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 mood around in in the Millinocket Medway area was pretty pretty bad. Uh, just I mean, they they, they were hammered. Uh, no question about that. Mm-hmm. Do you, is there a. Is there there any, are there glimmers of optimism? Oh,
2: I think so. so We moved up here um, to buy the lodge in November of 2015, and so we've been here not even for two years. Um, And the very first public meeting that I attended when we moved here was about the schools, and they were trying to shut down our school in our town. And and it, that was sort of like the lowest of the low. Um, you know, community members gathered and everybody, nobody wanted to lose the school, you know. No, and so the school's thousand, the center of the town. Exactly. So over a thousand people in this little town gathered in this gym and fought for that school. and And from that moment, of everybody kind of coming together to fight for the one thing that they had left to, to offer, you know, it's been nothing but up. We've, we've done a whole lot of school programs have really been now starting to expand because they hit their low point. You know, there's the, the whole area has really come together to work together as a region. There's, you know, it's not necessarily Patton versus Millinocket versus East Millinocket anymore. We've all kind of made friends and we've all, started to work together collaboratively to figure out how to make this area thrive. And, and it's, you know, I've gone to meetings, I've gone to West Virginia to learn about community development. You know, the, the, there's, I'm constantly being asked to meet with uh, with boards to brainstorm about how to increase, Economic activity up here, so things and, are really on the on the
0: upswing. Well, that that's amazing and and wonderful uh, to to see happening. And and while we're talking about this, I mean, we don't want to imply that recreation is all there is, because you're no, in the midst of one of the great not. resources in the world of the fiber that we have. And we just, you know, part of what Susan and I and Bruce and others down here are working on is. Uh, how do we how do we work
2: together with everybody yeah how
0: do we do more how do we do uh how do we maintain the forest products industry that we have how do we encourage new products i'm mm-hmm. i'm talking to people down here about uh, an exciting new product called, called cross laminated timber clt where okay. we're building tall buildings like 8 10 stories out of wood wow uh, and it's environmentally sound it's the, the costs are comparable and I just like the idea of uh, you know the buildings of the future coming out of the Maine woods instead of a, a steel mill in China or something.
2: Absolutely, uh, the more the more things that we can keep manufactured in the U.S. Right. The better, and and even better Maine.
0: Yeah, yeah well, that's well, that's, we that's the have, idea.
2: We do have plenty of woods.
0: Well, my experience has been working on economic development for thirty years. Diversity is is a, a, an important part of it. You you've got to have you want a whole bunch of businesses, not one big one. That right. Uh, is, you know yep. Because then, if that one big one goes away, then it's a, a catastrophe. And, That's and right.
2: And uh, we've and we've seen that for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Lindsay, thanks for your enthusiasm for what you're doing up there, and uh, hope to get up and see you at Mount Chase Lodge.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I hope to host you someday. That would make that would make my day.
0: Well, we'll uh, now. How do you feel about our parking the RV in the parking lot there?
2: Eh, that's all right for you. For you, we can swing it. <laughs>
0: anyway, well, great. Uh, and say hi to Mike and and thanks for what you're doing. And uh, I'm pretty sure I will be up there sometime this summer. So hope, to, hope great, to see Senator you. Great,
2: Senator King. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining us on Inside Maine. This time it's outside Maine, all around the interior of the state, the great opportunities that are available for families and for fishing and hiking and hunting and snowmobiling and skiing in the winter. It's, uh, it's a really incredible region, and I'm so happy that uh, Carol Ann Willett and Lindsay Downing joined us. So take advantage of this incredible area of Maine. Uh, this would be a good time of the year to go up and just get a taste of it, and I think when you do, you'll want to go back. Thanks again for Inside Maine. Angus King, we'll see you next time.